right. Well, it is March 9th, 2021, and I'm here with Dad. And Dad, today we are going to have you talk about your mother. So I know you have a lot of things to share about your mother, so we'll get started right away. Um, Why don't you start by telling me your mom's name, her maiden name, and maybe anything you know about, was she named after anyone, or Hmm. start there. Let's see. Her name is Angeline. Of course, we always, everyone called her Angie. Uh, Declean is her last name. Um, And I think Colette. I think Colette is her middle name. Unless it's her first name and she didn't like it and she always went by her middle name. I'm not even sure of that. Hmm. But I know Angeline, I'm going to assume it's her middle name. Angeline Colette Declean. And then, of course, uh, her married name that I remember the most would be Homer. Right. So, um, yeah, what else was there to that do question? You, well, why don't you tell us, this isn't actually a question here, but do you know when she was born? You know what year she was born? Hmm. I usually I got to look it up, but usually what I I believe it was in twenty three because I'm quite sure that we have thirty years difference in our age. Okay. And I was born in fifty three, so okay. I would say twenty three. Okay. All right. And do you know where your mom grew up? Yeah. Well, she grew up on a farm in a little community in uh, Klondike. For a good part of her growing up, I think, till she got to high school. And then she moved to Deep Pier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, all of the details on that you would find in my mother's life story that she, probably everyone listening here is aware of. Mm-hmm. So, yes, so then Deep Pier, and I think around high school is when she moved to Deep Pier. And she was a Deep right then, pretty much the rest of her life. Okay. And always loved Deep Pier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what do you know about your mother's parents? Do you know where they grew up or where they were from? You know, certainly you could tell us their names. Yeah, well, uh, uh, of course, my grandma's name was Laura. I don't know her middle name. And her husband, my mom's mom and dad, was Laura and Frank DeClean. Okay. And... Um, I do remember that. Uh, I do remember that Frank DeClean, my grandpa. I never knew him. He died probably a year or so before I was born. He might have died around the time my my brother Steve was born. Okay. Uh, he was born in '52. So yes. Uh, so she was. So my grandma was a widow my whole life. But I guess we're talking about my mom. So that was uh, that was when my mom lost her dad mm-hmm. was in so my mom would have been around 30 years old okay when she lost her dad and then uh i think my grandma her mom died uh grandma D. clean died i think i think it was about 72 i would have to look look it up but i was pretty that'll be close okay 19 i'm gonna say 1972 okay so you were um, 19 I remember I was, yeah, I would say I was about 19. I remember I was going to college at the time. She was in the hospital, and I remember stopping to visit her on the way home from my, Mm. and so that was my, I think it was, 
71, 72 school year when I did my one year of college. So yeah. I think that's when she... So my mom would have been... So if I was 19 or 18, maybe I was 18, my mom would have been 30 years older than that. So she would be been about 48, pushing 50 when her mom died. Okay, okay. Um, I don't know if that... Uh, yeah, no, that's good. So what do you, I guess we're mostly going to talk about your mother, but just while you're talking about your grandparents, your mom's parents, what do you remember about your grandparents? Did you see, well, you wouldn't have seen your grandpa, but your grandma, Declean, did you know her very well? Did you see her a lot? What kind of relationship did your mom have to her when you were growing up? Well, uh, boy, there's a lot of information there. And I could probably go into a pretty long talk, even in just my relationship with my mom's mom. Yeah. Because she was my main grandma. Mm -hmm. She was the grandma I knew best. She was the grandma. Well, she lived, as I've said previously, she lived in the same neighborhoods, in the same block as we did. She was like four houses down on the opposite side of the street. Mm -hmm. So, um... And I have a lot of memories, of course, of my grandmother, and she was, uh, you know, I remember her getting me ready to go to kindergarten and and uh, getting me dressed, and, and I remember I remember having to take naps, and I didn't like it, but she was watching me. You have to take a nap, and uh, so I usually laid there and, and uh, didn't fall asleep probably most of the time, and <clears throat> I would sneak out. Sneak. I had to lay on the couch, and she laid on my mom's bed, which was on the... I laid on the couch in the living room. She was on my mom's bed, which is the next room over from there. And so she was sleeping, but I I'd, I was told not to get up, but I'd get up once in a while, hoping that I didn't get caught. Maybe sneak into the kitchen and, I don't know, get up, grab a little snacky or something. Yeah. Um, But I just remember the nap times. Okay, so I remember her... This, again, is my grandma. Just, I mean, there's so many memories I really do have of her. Yeah. I'm thinking of her peeling an apple and cutting it in pieces and giving me some, and she had some. Uh, you know, just kind of the detail of things like that, I remember, like mm -hmm. like how she could handle a knife to cut that without cutting herself. I knew if I did much with a knife, I'd probably cut myself. Yeah. Uh, I was probably young enough to know I shouldn't have a knife at that age, but... Um, but of course, uh, many memories of even at her house, um, uh, she always had these. And here again, it's my grandma now. It's not so much my mom here, but she, my grandma, de clean. She had. Uh, she always had these uh, pink. They were pink candies, and they were white, and they were like mints. I don't know what you call them, but uh, the white ones were too minty. But mm -hmm. the pink ones we liked. But, of course, my favorite candy was the stuff we got, five and ten cents, you know, in a grocery store. Yeah. Sugar babies and yeah. Red Hots and those kind of things. She didn't have that kind of candy. Yeah. But if she wanted to give us a piece of candy, that's all she had to offer. And so we'd usually take a pink one. Okay. It was a good hard candy to suck on for a while. Yeah. And she loved them. That was her candy. Yeah. Um, Did she spend a lot of time at your house, even though she lived down the street? Yes, she okay. spent a lot. I wouldn't say she came every day, but I would say it was unusual if she wasn't there for a day or two. Okay. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, so many. 
so many remembrances of her little house there. I would love to, I wish I was still there and I could walk in and mm-hmm. just look at it again. Yeah. Memories that I had with her watching TV with her for a time. And I, I don't know if I brought this up. I remember a time while I was in high school, I, there was a period of time when I was going to my, I think they called them CCD classes or something. Mm-hmm. It was it was religious instruction for Catholics. You know, if your kid went to a public school, you sent them to these because they needed to get their, you know, they needed their, we called them religion class. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But I remember that, and that only went on for a short period of time, but I was probably a freshman or a sophomore at that time, and I remember, it was on a Monday night, and I remember for, for a time I got into a habit of going to, after that class, I would walk over to, I would walk over to the uh, Ford's, I think it was Ford's, little Ford's grocery store. It was just a little grocery store. Um, and I'd get uh, a bag of chips and I'd get a bottle of soda. And uh, I guess I had enough lawn mowing money or whatever to be able to get that snack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I stopped by her house. And it got, I did it like once and then... I kind of got in the habit of doing it. Hmm. And so it was a fond memory I remember having with my grandmother. Yeah. A kind of a special time. It was just me and her. And yeah. she would have a little of my soda, but she didn't care to drink a lot. But she enjoyed a few chips and a little of my soda, and then yeah. I could eat the rest. You know? Yeah. Um, How old were you? I was probably a freshman or sophomore in high school. Okay. So uh, it was kind of a... Looking back on it, I would say... It was probably something the Lord orchestrated mm-hmm. and maybe put it in my mind to, why don't you stop by our house and then, at least for that year, at least for maybe one school year, for maybe a semester of time, Yeah, that happened and it was a regular mm. thing. Mm. I, but I remember, yeah, just a lot of memories because she was close. So yeah. I, we could go to her house and probably didn't, probably wasn't there as often as uh as uh would have been nice maybe to be have spent more time over there. Sure. Like I said, there's so many memories of my grandma. It could almost be another episode. Maybe but, a bonus episode, Dad. Um, yeah, that might not be a bad idea. Mem- memories of your closest grandma. Yeah. Um, that could be a bonus episode. We're going to make a note here just so we can continue on with your mom. But uh, Yeah, because I could probably go on another... 20 minutes, half an hour on my grandma. Okay. Well, I know our listening audience appreciates your rabbit trails, Dad, so we're going to come back to that. But I want to ask you one more question about just relating to your mom, since we're talking about your mom. But what do you remember about as your grandma was aging, how involved was your mom in her care as she aged, or what do you remember about that? Well, of course, my mom was very involved um, in her care. And although my grandma had good health, Mm -hmm. I mean, so it wasn't very often that she was sick Mm -hmm. or, you know, it wasn't in my memory, it wasn't really till the end of her life where she finally got, you know, regularly couldn't function, Mm -hmm. you know, and take care of herself and stuff. Yeah. Um, So that was a real blessing um, that she always had good health and, uh, Bunny trail. Even today, I 
I think, you know, nowadays everybody's, you know, you got to go to the gym and you got to work out and you got to do, you got to walk a couple miles every day and everything. And, and, uh, but I think, well, my grandma never did any of that. She wasn't, she couldn't run. Yeah. She could maybe walk fast at the best, but she got through life. She was fine. Yeah. It's just no, like, it's. <laughs> That's my that's my go to when I don't feel when I want to justify not being motivated to uh-huh. be run, running for miles or walking for miles or joining yeah. a gym. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> my grandma I... made it to eighty nine, I think. So yeah, you can get to eighty nine without without going to the gym. There you go, and <laughs> chips and soda once a week too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, Dad. we better not go. So my mom took yes. We're talking about my mom, and not only did she take care of my grandma, but I don't think my my her mom needed that much attention. Mm-hmm. But she was always a big part of our family. Mm-hmm. It was traditional every week. That was a big thing. My mom would make a big, a big meal, Sunday meal, mm-hmm. and that was usually you know a beef roast and potatoes and and vegetables and and. Or it would be, or it would be chicken, or it would be. Yeah, but it was a big, it was a big meal, and my mom would. That was, it was like part of, just part of what we did. And mm-hmm. of course, my grandma always looked forward to that Sunday meal with us. Yeah. And uh, so she was always there, and sometimes she was helping to get it. She would go to the first. My grandma would go to the first Catholic service with my dad. My dad would take her. Mm. And. Uh, so then she would come home um, with my dad, and then my mom would take the rest of us kids to church for this for the next service, which was a shorter service. Okay. I'm going into detail here, but that's okay. It's the, interesting. The, the nine o'clock service was an hour service. Usually, most of us didn't want to sit in church for an hour. Yeah. That was a long time to sit, and the, and the services were very boring, especially for kids. Yeah. Um. But I think it was called a high mass. But that so that was at nine o'clock till ten o'clock. But at ten thirty, that was the mass everybody liked to go to because that was only a half hour. And by golly, or what, it was either ten to ten thirty or ten thirty to eleven. I think it was probably ten thirty to eleven. Yeah. And and the priest knew it that that was the one everybody liked. But he was good at getting them out in half an hour. Yeah. So. That's impressive. Uh, so that's, uh, although I do remember a few times going the whole family to church, um, mom and dad and all of us kids together, but that really wasn't the norm, I okay. would say, probably in later years. And so anyway, my grandma would be there helping to get the meal ready, mm-hmm. the big Sunday meal ready, when my mom was off taking us to church. Oh, okay. That so makes sense. it was kind of a joint effort. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and uh, so my mom, I wanted to say about my mom taking care of grandma that she also took care of these older people in the neighborhood. And I don't know if I mentioned that mm-hmm. earlier. You did. So maybe I said quite a bit about that already. So I was always amazed at with all that my mom had going with seven kids. And uh, even later after my dad died, she still didn't stop right. helping these people yeah. along with whatever my you know taking them to saturday to to the store and all of that right Um, so my mom was amazing in that respect um 
So, yeah. Um, so why don't you describe um, describe your mother, just physically. Uh, do you remember hair color, eye color, uh, anything unique about her Well, in her younger years, you basically black hair, I think. And I don't even know if at some point she might have continued to add maybe some black dye to keep it black mm-hmm. for a while. But I, in my... In my younger growing up, I remember her with black hair. It wasn't long over the shoulders or anything. It was pretty much, you know, down to the shoulders, whatever, and just kind of, you know, have a little hairdo or whatever. What was the style in those days? Mm-hmm. She was, uh, she wasn't big. She wasn't small. You know, she was just an average middle-aged woman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh she was very, I mean, I saw a couple pictures of her when she was like in her 20s and mm-hmm. she was a pretty good knockout, you know. She she had, you know, a really nice figure and really and pretty and all of that. Yeah. You know, of course. But my memories of her in experience was my mom. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right, right. And right. uh and you know, she was she was your average middle age, you know. She I mean, she'd had seven kids. Well, two more after me made seven, but still you, you have a few kids and whatever. So um, yeah, so she wasn't, you know, she wasn't, didn't have a model's figure anymore, but she wasn't like overweight or anything. She was a yeah. filled out middle-aged woman. Yeah. Whatever. I have a memory, Dad, of when I was probably maybe 12 or 13 and we were visiting Grandma and I wanted to wear lipstick and for some reason you were... We must have been battling about it, and you didn't want me to wear, maybe not wear lipstick. And Grandma kind of stepped in, as she often would, come to my defense. And I remember her saying, I don't set foot outside this house without my lipstick on. And I think you should let Amy wear lipstick. Anyway, that's a memory I have about Grandma with makeup. Yeah, I don't. How did I take it? Did I let you get your makeup? I don't think so, but... I generally was... No, I'm rabbit trailing dead. Yeah, yeah. I think as, when I got to be an adult, I was probably pretty hard, even for my mother to move. I had pretty, I had pretty strong opinions about how my kids should be raised, mm-hmm. and what I said went, and I didn't much appreciate her telling me to do it otherwise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, in, maybe that'll come up at the end. Yeah, of in the hindsight, interview. I in the hindsight, I I wouldn't mind. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't mind it bending more on a lot, a lot of things. But yeah. at any rate, uh, so where are we at with my mom? Or am I going chronological No, you're here? doing good. So, sure. well, the next question is if you remember any unusual or amusing or interesting incidents that happened concerning your mother. So maybe any memories that stand out real there's, particular. There's There are so many. Yeah. Uh, but I'll try to go a little bit chronological here, maybe. Okay. So, I remember, did I tell the story yet on, did I tell the story yet on how my mom saved me from from probably a, a licking that I would have got from my dad? I think you might have. What, what did you do? Well, I, I messed with the TV. Oh. And, uh... So it maybe had to do with me and my growing up when I was stuff. But anyway, 
I think so, you did tell that story. Yeah, so she saved my butt one time when I messed with the TV, and I was known to mess with things, and my dad wasn't happy with the with yeah. that, when I did, and I broke the back of the TV, or yeah. broke, pulled a knob out, whatever, and I was so worried my mom called the repairman and had it fixed before my dad got home. Yep, I do remember that story. So, anyway, so that's a very fond memory, but I remember, I'm thinking of, okay, I remember one time she was washing the walls in the kitchen, and I was, you know, I maybe five years old or something. Yeah. I wasn't very big, and I decided I wanted, you know, I wanted to have. I don't know if she offered for if I wanted to help or if I just wanted to, uh, to I don't know, it looked like kind of fun. To me, I'm just five years old. I don't know it's work. Yeah. Washing the walls. And she said, oh, you want to help? But yeah, I think she gave me a little bucket and and I helped her wash the walls. In those days, I think the walls probably got greased up pretty good. Mm-hmm. We typically had a, we typically had a hot, uh, 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 a deep fryer, I guess is what you call them. Yeah. And there was a lot of times we'd, she made deep fried stuff, and you just did it in your kitchen. I mean, I've done some deep frying now. It's like, whoa! It just fills the house. And yeah. It's like if I do deep frying, I do it out in the garage. Yeah. And but we—that was nothing. So I mean, I think that actually over time, even the walls started to get some grease on them. Yeah. Or something. But anyway, so I digress. But so she was washing the walls, and I asked if I could help, and she gave me a little bucket and a rag, and I was helping, and. And then, uh, uh, and I think later on she had some other things to do, so she encouraged me to try to keep going. So I did, but it wasn't as much fun when she wasn't there with me. Yeah. But I think I kind of did quite a bit of wall washing that day. I don't know how good I was at it. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess one thing I remember about that, though, is that after a number number of people, you know, she might have mentioned it to whoever I should have mentioned it to my grandma maybe my dad when he got home or or maybe even uh, uh, I don't know I just remember her telling a number of people how she was bragging me up yeah. how I washed those walls and of course you know that made me feel pretty good yeah I don't know if I ever did it after that yeah <laughs> <laughs> so okay um, another little incident with my mom I, I thought of, I remember one day when I I'd always come home from school at noon. And uh, I remember one time coming home from school, and and it was noon, and I'm pretty sure it was noon. Yeah, it was. And uh, maybe the other kids had already left to go back to school, because we didn't always go as a group, you know, whatever. Um, and I... I think it was just my mother and I somehow were the only ones left in the kitchen, but I had to get going for school pretty soon myself because we had an hour lunch break and I had to get there to be on time. But I remember something where the subject of time came up, what time it was or if I brought it up or or whatever, but I said, I don't don't know how to tell time. And I was, how old was I? I'm I'm not sure. I'm going to guess I could have been like fourth grade, hmm. maybe fifth grade. Yeah. And in those days, there wasn't anything digital. It wasn't right. digital. Yeah. It was always a face clock with 12 numbers. So so my mom said something about time or whatever, or what time to do something, whatever. So I don't know how to tell time. She said, you don't know how to tell time? I probably, maybe I should have known by then, and I didn't. Yeah. But she said, oh, telling time is easy. I'll show you. And she taught me right there on the spot. And uh, 
I just remember her teaching me how to tell time. Huh. Quarter past, half past. Now, quarter of can be a little, like, of. Yeah. I would say I liked to say quarter to the hour. Yeah. Quarter after the hour, quarter to the hour, half past. Yeah. But quarter of always confused me, so yeah. I've never used that terminology. Um, although they did back then. Yeah. So that's how I learned how to tell time. Hmm. And I think it probably it probably got a little close to getting back to school time, so then my mom said, well, I'll take you to school. Because we always had to walk. Yeah. It was about six blocks. Okay. One way. Yeah. So we always had to walk. But if we got a ride to school, that was a treat. <laughs> yeah. That's a neat memory. So, yeah. What else can I remember? Uh, here's a story that my mom probably would rather I didn't tell, but it's just life, okay? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I think I mentioned in one of the previous interviews that we went up north quite a bit, and usually it was me and my two younger brothers and my mom, for the yeah. most part, the going up north experience, was, which lasted uh, into high school. Um, so this would be after your dad died? After my dad died, yeah. yeah. And my mom got to know Leo. Yeah. Um, who was her boyfriend after my dad died. Yeah. Um, I could go into a whole lot about there, but I'm going to stick with my story here. Yeah. So we're driving home one time, and I think it's me and Danny and Randy and my mom. And, and I always got the front seat. And I was like that because I always kind of felt like, you know, um, like the older one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in the middle of the family, but I was like the older one because it was me and Danny and Randy and my mom, so I was the older one. I was the one that... Supposedly more responsible, more t- more responsibility or whatever, more more looked up to. To you know, I don't know how to explain that. But yeah. And I always got to ride in the front seat because I was the older one. Mm-hmm. So that was always you know, get in the front seat is always, you know, you get to ride shotgun. That's better than the back seat. Yeah. Um, I remember us riding home one time. We were we were on the way home from up north, and we were coming over the bridge, and my mom passed some gas. and the aroma filled the car and we gave her a hard time about it not just to give her a hard time we were we were typical kids and like mom oh mom (laughs) and she'd say oh come on it's not that bad (laughs) yes it is roll down the window my poor mom you know that's the last thing you want someone to make light of yeah yeah uh, she's trying to defend herself and we're all complaining like we were dying or something. Oh, um, grandma. But, but I do remember, uh, but I do remember a lot of, of feeling like, especially after my dad died, uh, being one who my mom sort of depended on if something was broke, could I mm. fix it? Yeah. And a lot of times I could. Um, and, um, I should also say, this is probably, in a way, going to seem like bragging, but it isn't. It was something. It was something that built up my self-esteem. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned in one of our earlier interviews, my brother Jim had had a very hard. Mm-hmm. So he had some issues. He had some emotional issues, and he had some anger issues, and so he could typically, you know, act some things out and, and do some things that. You know, always stressed my mom out. And mm-hmm. my, so it's like my mom was at odds with Jim a lot. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, but me, it was like she could depend on more. And I 
I would say I never really talked back. Well, of course, younger, you don't talk back to your mom. She'll probably slap my face if I did. Yeah. But I don't remember ever getting my face slapped. And I, you know, while I might argue with my mom sometimes, I knew there was a limit mm-hmm. to where I could go. And I think when I got into my teenage years, I started to get a little more uh, challenging to my mom. Mm. And I wasn't a Christian yet or anything, but I do remember some point in my, let's say, high school teen years, where it was almost like an, I think it was the, probably the Holy Spirit, it was my conscience at any rate, but said, you need to be careful about going too far and being disrespectful to your mother. Mm. And I so I kind of carried that with me. Not that I never disagreed with her, but it was like, yeah. but that it was important for me to rein that in mm. and stay respectful of her, even though I was getting bigger and more closer to an adult and I mm. was more disagreeable, let's say, not to get disrespectful and not to ever do... There were things that my mom and Jim went through in arguments and stuff that could be very disrespectful Mm -hmm. um, and that I should never allow myself to go there. Yeah. Um, And this isn't to pick on Jim. Like I say, if I had been through some of the things he did, I'm sure I could have have acted out the same way. Yeah. Um, Mm. So, yeah, I'd say I always had a pretty good relationship with my mom that way. And so I remember one time she bragging on me. And actually, she was in a kind of in a fight with Jim, and probably even she probably said the wrong thing for Jim's perspective. But she was yelling at Jim, you know, why can't you this? Why can't you that? And she said, oh, I can depend on David more than you. He's more mature than you are. So, of course, that made me feel good. Yeah. But it probably, I'm sure, didn't sit well with Jim. And and that's no way, that's no way to get somebody to be more mature to start comparing them with someone else. Sure. But I'm sure that was my mom's thought, like, you know, if I made him a little ashamed of the way he's behaving, right. and that somebody younger than him is more mature, maybe he'll act more mature. Right, right, right. Um, which never works. Right. But at any rate, yeah. uh, just those kind of scenarios. Um, Do you remember your mom ever telling you any stories about her childhood? Uh not specifically that I can remember any given stories. I mean, I think she did reference her past from time to time. Or mm-hmm. it's one thing that sticks in my head. She always talked about how she loved salt pork. <laughs> <laughs> and I think when she was a kid, they, there wasn't a lot of refrigeration going on. If they had an ice box, they'd be lucky. Uh, which actually, you needed ice to keep it cold. Yeah. So most of their food preservation, especially with meat, I think when she was growing up. They did salt their meat. Yeah. And there was, like, salt pork and whatever. But I think, so she, I imagine it was pretty good. So she said, I don't know. Huh. Uh, I could remember. I don't know if you want to hear it. As long as we're talking about food, some of the dishes she made. and stuff. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. What memories do you have about your mom's cooking? That's a great uh, one. Well, she, she was a good cook. I think, I think I remember her saying that when she got married she didn't know how to cook. Mm-hmm. I think they didn't teach you much, or at least in her family, everything was so tight, and you almost didn't want your kids messing with the food because they might wreck it or waste it or whatever. Sure. So it's like, sure, they don't know what they're doing yet. We're going to 
which they're not going to. Yeah. And so that was. Um, so she, so anyway, but she learned how to cook by she just started getting recipes and reading, and she learned how to cook because she thought, well, I'm a wife now, and I need to cook. Yeah. And especially in those days, I mean, that was just the way it was. Yeah. It wasn't. The elevation of career was not there. Mm-hmm. The, the, you were expected to be a housewife, and that meant cooking, mm-hmm. and taking care of the home, and all of that. Yeah. And she, uh, so she learned how to cook. Um, she taught herself, I think, and she was a good cook. So, I mean, some of the things I remember, she'd make. Uh, of course, I always liked her chicken. Uh, She'd make the big chicken meals, you know, and beef roast and all of that. And she made, you know, uh, carrots and she'd put, I think she'd put some, might have been brown sugar in it. Mm. That, those were good. Um, she was, yeah, I enjoyed her cooking. It was good. Sometimes she'd make something called boiled dinner. And I think they might call them ham hocks or something. It was basically a bone with big layer of fat on it. Yeah. And that would go into a kind of a kettle in a... And it boil in water, I guess. And mm-hmm. I didn't care that much for it, really, taste-wise. I can only remember that I sure wouldn't eat it straight up, but we'd usually spread mustard on. That's That was what we put on that big ham hock. And yeah, we'd eat it, but we didn't like it that much. But she did. Yeah. I remember she'd make chop suey once in a while. But I also remember with that that my... my uh, my dad would never eat it. And I don't know if he just plain didn't like it or if it reminded him too much of the war. I think chop suey technically is not at all Japanese, but it is kind of like Oriental food, of course. Mm-hmm. And I think it reminded him probably of... I think he had some negative feelings toward the Japanese because his brother got killed mm-hmm. in the war. And I, I, think, I think his brother got killed in combat. And it was probably in the Japanese area of the... So at any rate, so my dad... My mom always had to make something else for my dad when she made chop suey. It worked mm. well for the family, but not my dad. She'd have to make something else. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, so many things. Um... Did your mom bake a lot? Do you remember her baking? I remember her doing some baking. And at Christmas time, she would, she would make some... Uh, can some homemade candy i think they called it divinity it was kind of a white sugary homemade candy oh yeah and uh but she didn't have a lot of time to be doing a lot i'm surprised she got did as much as she did because mm. most of it i mean even before my dad died she started working at at mill print or maybe i should say a little of that she i think we're gonna get to th- we're gonna get to that oh okay yep so what venue was I on? Food. I was on food. Um, yes. And so um, Do you yeah. remember her making anything special for you? Was there anything you particularly liked that she'd make for you? Well, not she wouldn't make it specifically for me, but it yeah. was like one time she'd make homemade pizza sometime and uh I mean, later on, she would sometimes order pizza, but in my, most of my growing up years, you didn't do restaurant or even, that was too expensive. If you could make it at home, you made it at home. 
because mm-hmm. that's that's all you could afford. Yeah. So she had a recipe for making pizza and the red sauce and whatever she all put on. We always liked that. Um, uh, with like chocolate chip cookies, those were my favorite. I loved that. Um, hmm. Uh, yeah, that's about it for, I mean, there might be more if I really thought hard, but. Do you remember your mom preserving a lot of food? Did she do any canning? Oh, yes. So the most of the canning I remember going on had to do with uh, making, uh, 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 I call it jelly, but jam, whatever, raspberry, raspberry and currants. And, uh, and I was kind of, I loved it was great having that, mm-hmm. but I hated I hated it when it when I got to the age where I was had to go out and pick some of that stuff. I did not like picking, and I didn't like picking currants. There's a way. There's a method to currants. I can see now. We got some currant bushes. It's it's really not that hard to get the currants off of there. Yeah. But I didn't have it down too well. And they're tiny. And I'm thought it's like I was picking one currant at a time. Yeah. And I knew they, I knew they wouldn't let me just pull the bundle of currants off. Like, yeah. no, no, you can't just pull them bundles off and throw it in. The, you need to. They got to be without the green. And it's like yeah. the only way I could, felt that I could do it was one at a time. So I just hated it. I think I remember my grandma, or my mom, or somebody. I think maybe my grandma said, "Here, you just do this." Of course, she just had a technique. She could just kind of get them off of there. But when I tried, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I just. At any rate, but so, but that was a big time of the year where uh, my grandma had currants and my grandma had raspberries. We had currants and we had raspberries. So all of that got harvested, picked, and I'm sure at least one full day. I mean, that was jam making day. Yeah. And my, my mom and my grandma and probably for sure my older sister, Jeannie. I don't know if Dolores had to get involved too much or not. But for sure, those three, and uh, in those days, you had all kinds of glass jars, and you'd have the the lids that would seal, but they didn't always have enough lids, as many lids as that, because you saved the jars from last year. Yeah. So we had a lot of jars, but not always enough lids to go with the jars. And so even towards the end, uh, and there was something where you would always you would seal the top of the jar with wax. So they would buy these like they're like square wax bars, mm-hmm. and they would melt that and pour that on top of the the jam, and it would make a kind of a a wax layer, sort of a lid on top, you might say. Mm. And I think then they would still put the the lid on, but if they didn't have the lid, they just leave some of them like just with the wax on. Those are the ones we'd use up first. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I always had plenty of plenty of good jam to put on my put on my on my uh, toast or whatever. My my coming home from school, I probably talked about that earlier. Yeah. So that's where all that good jam came from for me to make my after school snackies. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dad. Can you tell me if your mom was strict or easygoing, and maybe give us a story or two to why you would say that well of course we tend we tend to judge things based on our frame of reference but overall i think she was just about right i 
She was easygoing enough, but she was strict enough, too. And it seemed to me, though, that she was a little stricter than the other moms, which, of course, bothered me some, because it seems like the other kids, they could go down by the river and play without permission or anything, you know, which was, my limit basically was, uh, in my younger years, I wasn't supposed to just go downtown or whatever. I, I kind of had like a, let's say about a three block radius for boundaries. And uh, at any rate, but the other kids didn't have that. And then I always thought, you know, I always thought, why Especially when they they go somewhere, there was kind of down, kind of down by the. I want to say down by the river. That was actually a different place we played. Uh, there was kind of a wooded area, and it was really not down by the river, but it was way like going way downtown to get there, or that like that far away, but not not in the downtown area, but yeah, a property. Uh, at any rate. So we called it, the kids called it, the neighborhood kids, we called it uh, Dead Man's Cave, but it was just trees. But it had a steep slope to it, and it had so much tree foliage, whatever, you know, Some it it kind of had a, it seemed like maybe you could imagine it to be like a cave because of all the overgrowth over the top, whatever. Yeah. More thickly wooded, whatever, than just the regular city yards and things so place to play they call it dead man's cave my friends are going to dead man's cave can i go where is it and when i told her how far it was no you can't go that's past 32 she said can't go past 32 which was a main street called erie street that came through town but it was it was part of the 32 yeah uh anyway that was three blocks from home between my home and downtown, that was like three blocks away, and that was the limit. It's like, well, no, that's too far. Later on, of course, I mean, I'm sure that was younger, and I don't, she didn't enforce it that strictly. Sometimes I just broke the rule and didn't tell her, of course. And uh, she never wanted us to go down by the river, and my, my friends would always go down there. So, but I broke that rule enough, just hoping my mom wouldn't find out. Yeah. But, um, you know, she had had, you know, especially after my, after my, after my brother died, um, and that was on that river, but she had heard, even before that, she had heard plenty of stories of people drowning on that river, trying to skate on it and go through the ice and whatever. There, there were drownings on that river, and she didn't want me playing down by that river. But, uh, I do remember a time they were doing a lot of construction down there, putting some new roads in and all new sewer systems down there. Man, me and my friends, we loved to go down there. The sewers were brand new and not being used yet. And we crawled around in them sewers. Because uh, you could crawl hands and knees. Some of them were big enough that you could crawl. If you went hands and knees, you could crawl through the sewer system. And we just, you know, there was a railroad track that went right by the river. and and uh, So we had a lot of fun down there, but I wasn't supposed to be down there. Yeah. And my, it seemed like the other parents didn't care. Their kids just played and stayed out of trouble, and if they came home for when they were supposed to be home, things were fine. But me, I seemed like I I had to break the rule to go, to stay playing with my friends sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
But that's not too strict. And like, uh, my mom would spank us if we needed us, needed it. I can't, I can, can't remember getting very many spankings from my mom. I got a few. Uh, one time in particular, what grade I was in, it was probably like fourth grade maybe or fifth grade at the most. Boy, I don't know. Couldn't have been later than that. Let's just say around fourth grade maybe. Um, fourth or fifth grade, let's say, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I never did that great with grades, but one time, particular time, she was... She was pretty upset, and I think maybe one or two of my younger brothers as well. They were not not getting the grades. We were not getting our homework done. Yeah. And uh, the teachers, of course, would say they're working, they're working way below their ability. Hmm. And uh, and uh, and my mom couldn't always be there to crack the whip. Like I said, she worked a full-time job and then trying to deal with the home and the family and she couldn't be right there all the time making sure we I mean some of her sh- she did all the shift work that was uh, changed every week it was three shifts I mean so sometimes she worked nights sometimes she worked first part of the day sometimes she worked second part of the day so so I mean if she was she wasn't working. She was tired just trying to catch up on her sleep. I don't know how she did it. but Yeah. So she, anyway, she, um, so yeah, I can remember, I don't think she was that strict. I remember, <coughs> I thought my dad was more strict, but he wasn't around as much as me. And uh, but I didn't want to get, you know, I knew, I knew my dad, you didn't mess, I didn't want to cross my dad because... You weren't far away from a spanking if you wanted to argue with him. He wasn't going to argue with you about it. And I knew that. And uh, maybe you're going to ask me more about my dad. I'll have a story about that later. Yeah, that'll be our next one. But uh, So my mom was the typical uh, more lenient and probably had him to deal with us more. Yeah. So she wasn't going to spank us every time she turned around yeah. or anything like that. And So yeah, but yet she was disciplined enough and... I'm glad she, like I said, she had seemed to be tight enough the discipline on, on our family that, you know, we weren't allowed to, we weren't allowed to really hurt each other. Like, mm. you know, just, be, you know, beat the tar out of your brother, younger brother or anything like that. that yeah. wasn't going to be allowed. Yeah. So. Um, sure. What about, what was, you mentioned your mom worked. What, what was her occupation? Okay. Did she enjoy it, and how long did she do it? Well, the best of my recollection, um, she worked. My dad didn't make a whole lot of money. Um, it was pretty hard to make the family go on one income. But like I said, back then, it was a strong... Uh, it was definitely considered it was the woman's job to take care of the family so no matter what and typically men didn't do much as far as I remember I know my dad sure wasn't mm-hmm. doing any housework of any kind and, or cook a meal or anything like that and I think that was typical of men back then anyway sure and women it was their number one responsibility to take care of the home 
So, um, and raise the kids. So things were starting to change, and of course things had changed after World War II. A lot of women had gotten into the workforce, and I think they liked it. And so, but anyway, so my mom. I think she had part-time, I think she did work part-time work even when I was fairly small, but I don't think she worked more than part-time. She used to work at a place called a Kegler's Club. It was up on Webster. The building's not there anymore. It was like a bowling, it was a bowling alley, small bowling alley, and bowling was popular then, and so she would tend bar, and uh, she was good at bartending, and make some extra bucks and for the family, and so she did some part-time work. But then... The house we had gotten was, it was an older house, and and she wanted to fix it up, and I, and you know, I think to make it bigger for the family, you know, because we were a bigger family, and so, you know, wanted to improve the house and fix it up, and we basically, we basically um, went into a long-term remodeling, remodeling process. I know at one process, one point we raised the roof and added some bedrooms and changed. The house got changed a fair amount during my time of growing up, especially in my younger years. Um, but, so I'm getting back to her job, though. So I think my mom, I remember my mom having a talk with my dad and saying, you know, we it's really going to be hard to fix our house up if we don't get some more income. Mm-hmm. And I... I, I think I can get a job, a full-time job, at, at, one, of, at one of the mills, probably mill print or whatever, you know, a mill job, and that I could make a lot more money than I'm making now, you know, with a, with a part-time evening job at Kegler's Club. And I think, as I remember my mom telling it, my dad didn't, wasn't happy about it. He didn't want her to. It's like, well, who's going to take care of these kids? And, you know, we got to, you know, what? how can you work a full-time job? And then I think my mom probably had talked to her mom, my grandma, and talked to her about if she could watch us and things, if my mom worked full-time or whatever. I don't know what all went, went on with that conversation, but apparently grandma agreed. And so my mom told my dad, well, grandma will be here to help watch the kids when I'm working and everything, and I think we can make it work. And, of course, my mom, of course, like any mom, had a dream of improving her house and fixing it up and getting it better, and that would, of course, take more money. And and so that's when she started to work full-time. And so I'm going to guess what year would that have been. I'm going to guess roughly maybe around 1960. Let's say I would have been seven years old. Um, <clears throat> it was certainly before my dad died in 60 f- January of six or was it February? I think it was February of 64. So, okay. I'm just thinking out loud here. So yeah. I'm thinking basically, I'm going to guess around 1960, maybe is when she started the mill job. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it, of course it did bring in more money. Now my dad, um, my dad. I think my mom managed the money for sure. And I think my dad did like to stop at the bar after work. And probably this is more with my dad. So I could cover more of that maybe when I talk about my dad. Yeah. But I think my mom, 
he pretty much gave her his paycheck. And I think he knew he needed her to manage it because it would be too easy for him to spend more than he should mm -hmm. at the bar. So my mom, he would give my mom the paycheck. My mom would give him kind of an allowance. Mm. Say, well, this is, you want to stop after work for a couple of drinks? Fine, but this is all the money you get because we need the rest. Yeah. So the ship don't sink here, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I think he realized that. Mm -hmm. And so he went along with it. And, it, you know, he was not probably the type that was should have been managing the money. Um, so, yeah, somehow they did it. They made things work. But, uh, like I said, I think my mom, in raising us kids, I, I doubt that she very often got more than four hours of sleep or so. Yeah. The hardest thing I, I, the hardest thing I think is when your, your time, your sense of time, your sense of your, your, your routine, your internal clock, whatever, when you're switching the time that you sleep every week, mm -hmm. you never really get synchronized right for, I yeah. mean, you just sleep when you're tired and, and I, I think when she woke up, she was, I think she always thought in terms of, if I could just get an hour here, an hour there. Mm. And, uh, you know, probably in her main main night of sleep, maybe she didn't get more than maybe four hours or so. Yeah. Um, was she always that you remember a swing shift when she was at Millprint? Yeah, yeah. Until later years, there was somebody... They could see that it was hard on my mom, and they didn't mind working night shift. Mm. So, and they could trade shifts with if somebody was willing to trade. Yeah. And so I think later on, somebody, a good friend of hers, said, "If you, I'll work your, I'll work your night shift if you want, because it, it worked all right for her schedule." She said, "I don't mind working the night shift." Mm. So that that was later on, but not at first. Okay. And I think there was also a friend of hers too. There was a lot of the glue that they used in this, in this, um, in the bags, the, the potato chip bags they made, and she had to check. They they come off the machine, and you had to check, keep checking them to make sure that they were still being they were being sealed good and made well and all of that. But there was one I know there was one I don't remember the name of it, but one particular brand of bag they made when they had to do that she would just get headaches from it the, 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 the kind of whatever kind of glue they were using yeah and they weren't if you didn't pass out they weren't too worried about what you were breathing yeah in those days so I wonder it didn't didn't kill her but it's before um, osha right but there was somebody else too that she worked with she said that glue doesn't bother me that much mm. i'll i'll switch with you i mean so that's the kind of things too that was like there, there was a camaraderie mm -hmm. of, of people that she worked with. Yeah. Uh, a couple of close, that was where her close friends were, a few close friends from work. So I think there's that part of it she liked. Mm -hmm. And uh, But I'm sure like any job, there's a part of it you hate. And uh, you do because you got your kids need you to. Mm -hmm. you, just, you just do it out of responsibility no matter what. Yeah. She was very driven, I think responsibility wise mm -hmm. yeah so, um yeah i say very good do you know how long she worked at Millprint? do you know when she did she retire from that job or she uh she didn't retire at retirement age uh like i said i 
I talked to your mother earlier about some of this, so I don't remember if I told you, if I told her. I don't think I told you. So she had some back problems and things that, that came up, and, and she had had different problems too, like, um, like I, I know she had a hysterectomy. She probably had a couple of miscarriages after Randy, I think, and decided, the doctor said, you need to have a hysterectomy. You can't be having any more kids. So, mm -hmm. so I know she had that. I know she had problems with her gallbladder, so she had a gallbladder operation. But at some point, she started to have a lot of back problems. And, you know, I don't know what she was all doing at work. She had to stand on her feet all day. I don't know if she had to press boxes, close them up and press them and tape them and whatever stresses that could have been put on her body. Mm. Just to do that job, I think, was taking a toll on her back. And at some point, she, I know she had back surgery. Mm. And here again, this is like, this is like mid-60s. This might have been after my dad died. But she had she had some, the doctor at, well, back surgery. This is mid-60s. I mean, even today, I don't think it's a very good idea to have back surgery. Right. That, to get down into your back and do surgery with your spinal column. Usually that doesn't turn out so well. Yeah. So, so imagine in the 60s, but... So she had some kind of operation they tried and attempted, and I don't think it made things any better, but it was a pretty hard experience to go through. I remember she said at one point, I don't know if it affected her emotionally or her perception or whatever, but I can't remember her detail explaining it, but I remember that she, she thought for a while there that it even messed up the way she was thinking because mm. um, she didn't know what it was. You know, I guess there's spinal fluid in your back and whatever. I don't know how well that's what all is connected to your brain or how. I remember she said one one doctor she had after he found out she had an operation like that, he said, oh, you should have never had that operation. Mm. But anyway, <clears throat> so I, it never did really fix her back. I remember some days she was in the hospital. They had her in traction, which I think you're basically laying on the bed at that time, and they thought it helped to put, they put some kind of brackets on your legs, and then mm -hmm. there would be a weight off the end of the bed. It would, it would, it's like pulling your legs. Yeah. So I suppose maybe they fastened up a part of your body somehow and put these things on your legs, and then you'd be in traction for so many hours per day. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, so like I say, I just remember those things, but I... You know? Would you say that in your memory it seems that those things were probably caused by her job? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. So at some point, uh, I think she began to apply for disability. Mm. So I think she knew at some point, she, and by this time I think I was in high school. Okay. Uh, probably later years of high school. I think she knew more and more. I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to. continue doing my job. I, I can't physically do it anymore. She applied for disability and she finally got it at some point. So let's just say she was able to retire earlier. So sometime in her 50s. Okay. Um, let's see, when I was 20, she would have been 50. And I think, yeah, I think she was retired by the time. So early 70s, you think? Yeah, I'm going to guess around 70, 1970. Okay. Early 70s. Okay. My best guess. So that was good, and 
and uh, you know, there's so much about my mom, um, but I can't um, have some ideas about some things too. But well, I've got questions for you too, Dad. Uh, you talked about this a little bit, but you know, with how busy your mom was with working full time, do you remember kind of her sentiments toward like cleaning and housekeeping or? You know, did you guys have a lot of chores, or um, do you remember any? You told the story about helping her wash the walls, but yeah, well, I think I would say she was a good housekeeper. I mean, we didn't live, we didn't. The house was always fairly neat that I remember, so it was always kept up one way or the other. So she was a good house, good at somehow keeping the house clean, and I know. I think my sisters, you know, Jeannie, and uh, even Dolores, too. I remember Dolores, it was her job every Saturday to scrub the kitchen floor. In those days, it was easy to scuff the floor up, and you would typically wash the floor and then put a layer of wax on, and then there was something where you could do it all in one, three in one wax, but it would build up, and I don't know the details. But mm-hmm. There were chores that I know probably mostly went to my, probably my, if my mom didn't do it and my grandma didn't do it, my sisters did it, uh, but I had things like shoveling snow, mm-hmm. and my responsibility was always get the garbage out and clean my room, but uh, I can remember one time maybe when I was older, but I never really, I, I helped with dishes sometimes, I remember wiping some dishes or whatever, but I, I didn't, quite honestly, didn't do dishes that often. I remember one time as we got older, I was a little older. I might have even been in high school at the time. I can't remember for sure. Um, so I was old enough to be able to, you know, I, she was afternoon shift, 2.30 till 10.30. Yeah. So before going to work, she said, you know, that a uh, sink full of dishes. And this must have been a day probably when my grandma wasn't there. Yeah. And I was probably high school age. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and she, I'm sure she said it not just to me, but to my younger brothers too, and says, if you guys can do the dishes up, at least could do the dishes while I'm gone. And I don't know if we agreed to or not, but we certainly didn't say no. And I remember her coming home that particular day and came home. And nothing, we hadn't done anything. We just played. We didn't do a thing. And we didn't even attempt the dishes. And I think she was kind of... You know, she was probably at her rope's end anyway. I mean, she was probably at her rope's end more often than I knew. Yeah. But uh, that particular night, I remember really getting scolded. Mm. And it's like she kind of did go over all that she has to do. And you couldn't even do some few dishes here. Yeah. And so she was she was trying to really make us feel guilty. I think I felt a little guilty. Mm. But, you know, sometimes as a kid, maybe you don't feel as guilty as you should. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember after that always making sure I did the dishes. Mm-hmm. I just, like, for me, most of the time as a kid when I was getting all that, it was just like, well, I'll just take it, you know, until she's done, until she cools down and yeah. everything will be better later. But yeah. <coughs> yelling at me didn't really generally, it might have made me feel a little guilty, but it didn't really change me. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, would have changed me, but here again, this is hard. It's hard for you. It's hard. I can I can see it's it's hard for a mom to have to be some kind of perfect 
authoritarian, one in charge, and make sure it always gets done. But probably what would have changed me if she would have brought some. You know what? From now on, you are doing the dishes. And if they don't get done, you're going to have some privileges removed and all of that. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Spanking. Yeah. I suppose I was too old to spank by then, but <clears throat> there will be repercussions. But, yeah, it's one thing to know what should be done. It's another thing to know how much can a person handle yeah. You know, emotionally, and you're tired. Yeah. You're going to fight with your kids, mm-hmm. and you're going to remember whatever discipline you made and do that and then enforce that. And, right. You know, so. Yep. She I did the she best did, she could. She did a great job. Yeah. And I don't know how she did what she did. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember ways, the ways that your mom would show you that she loved you? What was that? like in your family? Um, well, I think it's just the fact that she always took care of us and was always there for us. I wouldn't say we had a lot of, like a lot of hugging going on. Certainly not from my dad. And I got a story on that too when I talk about him. Yeah. Um, uh, and, but even my mom, not, I wouldn't say she never hugged us, but it wasn't common. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <clears throat> I think she always tried to be nice and easy going as she could, but there were a lot of times too. And, uh, well, you wanting to hear that, knowing that, I think we knew we were loved. It was more down inside knowing we were loved mm-hmm. because one way or the other, she always made sure we were going to be taken care of. Yeah, she took care of us, or she was going to do whatever she had to do to see that we were taken care of. Mm-hmm. So I guess down inside we knew we were loved. I remember, but it's talking about being loved. I remember a time, there were a lot of times there was yelling going on, and she'd yell at us, you know, kids don't do what they're told, and you're yelling. And there was a lot of times where she was yelling because we weren't doing what we were supposed to do. And You know, with that many kids, there's always somebody not doing what they're supposed to do. And and here again, she's, if you're not going (laughs) to... Say corporal punishment, you can't do that every time you turn around anyway. And I wouldn't say she was prone for that anyway. She would if she had to, but she didn't. So what's left? Usually you are yelling. And why won't you just, you know, and so I remember one particular time, sticks in my mind, she was mad at me for something I should have done and didn't do or whatever. And she was kind of railing at me. And I remember thinking that I didn't like her, you know, I remember thinking, you know, I was just thinking real negative thoughts against her. But then I was pondering for a while, and I thought, I was trying to figure, I was just trying to figure out, I said, I don't feel like I love her very much. Mm-hmm. But yet down inside, I know I do. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to figure that out. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really come up with any conclusions hmm. at in that moment, but I remember fighting those two scenarios. Hmm. I mean, man, she's just like, I can't stand all this yelling she's doing at me. Yeah. And I don't feel very loving towards her. And yet I would think, but if she died, I sure would feel bad. Yeah. I sure would miss her. I, I know I love her. Why don't I feel love yeah. for her right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So funny what could go through your head. Yeah, um, yeah. Hmm. But she was, yeah, she, she was... She was, and, and she, and she always here, I can give you one too, where she was always, 
like especially after my dad died, mm. we had all we had we had this a piece of property up north, and my dad had put a big army tent, and that's all we had for a cottage, if you want to call it a cottage. There were people that he knew that had cottages, and he always aspired to that. <clears throat> In fact, for all the I think financial pressure there was to try to make ends meet and 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 the house was in the process of being remodeled, which went on for years. Mm-hmm. My mom said, "Why don't we just why don't we just hire somebody to do it and get it done?" And my my dad, no, no, that cost way too much. And mom said, "Well, we can take out a loan or whatever." She was figuring out, "Let's just get it done so we can live in it." But my dad wasn't having that, and he said, "No, that's too much money, and they're not going to do it like I want it done, and whatever." And so. So it was a long remodeling. Went for went over years of time mm-hmm. to remodel the house a little at a time here and there. I'm sure she had times too when it was maybe not. She wanted my dad to work working on be working on the house, but he probably he didn't feel like it. And you know, like I said, he liked to stop after work and have a couple beers with the boys, and then come home. And I guess you know he put in his day, and I don't think he felt much like working on the house. Mm-hmm. So it was a long process. But what I wanted to say is uh, something loving about my mom. And I would say towards my dad, I remember my dad was talking about, because he had friends that had cottages up north, and it was a big thing to have, if you could have a cottage up north. Mm -hmm. Boy, that was your fun time then. You put in your 40-hour week, and then you go up north and enjoy it. You get away from it all and enjoy up north. So he had, that was a dream of his to have a cottage. But he didn't see any way how and whatever, and, and but somebody had a piece of property and whatever, and, and my mom, my mom encouraged him hmm. to go, and maybe that's in her story too. I don't remember, hmm. but I remember that she said, "Why don't I think we could? You could, you could buy a piece of property up there." And she knew how much he wanted it, and she said, "Why don't you?" Hmm. And then he had, you know, he was always figuring out a way to maybe we we can do this on the cheap, so. He thought he can get a good army tent for like I think he got one for thirty five dollars and maybe did some electric work for somebody. Some my dad was an electrician where he worked and so and uh, sometimes he'd do electrical work for people in their house and earn a little extra money there. So anyway, hmm. he got a big army tent for thirty five bucks and they made a wooden floor up there and half of the tents for something to walk on and pitch that tent. That was kind of our cottage. Yeah. And uh so it was loving toward her that she tried as best she could for him to kind of have moved toward that dream of his. Yeah. At some point, I'm sure he thought maybe we can eventually build a cottage on this little piece of property and whatever. Yeah. But then after my dad died in in 64, that still was all there was was up there was a tent. And my mom wanted, I think my mom thought it was important for us boys to still be able to go up north. Hmm. And uh, and she didn't, and this was before she knew Leo. I mean, once we the connection with Leo was there, I mean, then it was a given. I mean, it was, we had a great, really a great uh, up north. The experience up north got better and better when Leo came in the, on the scene. But at that, I remember at that time, that first summer after my dad died or whatever, my mom, uh, thought that she knew it 
she and she knew the Hazy girls, mm-hmm. uh, which they owned a bar up there, and she kind of got to know them from that was the bar where they used to like to go in the evening if they were up there or whatever. That's, yeah. That's how you entertained yourself. You went to the bar in the evening and had a few drinks and socialized. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to fill in the details here, but but I know my mom. So my mom took us up there. Mm even to that tent. And I think maybe my couple, I think my Uncle Roger maybe was up, came up with her, so she wasn't just doing it alone, but mm. just feeling like for the boys. Yeah. We mm. need to. Yeah. Yeah. Keep things, you know, trying to maintain what you had. Yeah. didn't move me at the time yeah. I don't even think I hardly realized it but you know thinking back I'm sure that's what she was thinking yeah yep so I mean those are, when you think those are things that make me cry when I think about love yeah and so I'm, I'm thinking about her there was some times when it was about her but most of the time it was about us yeah yep and uh, yeah I mean, sometimes she needed to get away and have some enjoyment to her uh i mean there was something everybody has some personal needs you're going to meet but most of the time it was about us not yeah about her. yeah and uh so and and that even flowed through the years as she got to know leo and leo had a house up there but we still had the cottage for a while and leo improved i remember that uh i remember that uh she uh once she met leo um and Leo was her boyfriend, and he lived up there, had a house up there on the lake, and, and he was, I wouldn't say he was a rich guy, but he was well-to-do. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't hurting for money. And uh, and uh, and Leo helped my mom to, like, well, okay, <clears throat> you can do better than that tent. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's get a, we'll get a nice trailer. Mm-hmm. Was a, it was a silver trailer. It was kind of a. It was kind of a rounded silver trailer, but it's not like the totally rounded ones maybe okay. you've seen already. It yeah. wasn't totally rounded. It kind of like the sides were flat, but the roof was rounded. Okay. And it was silver. Yeah. And uh, and uh, so Leo was very instrumental in let's get that. And so we got rid of the tent, and now we had a nice trailer. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a huge trailer, but it wasn't a small trailer either. So. It had a little bedroom in the back and a little kitchen area and then a little living room yeah. area in the trailer. And it was it was really, I remember it as a kid. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, we had our little, there were like two beds to sleep in towards the back. My mom slept on a fold-out couch in the living room part. And, and me and uh, me and Danny and then Leo and my mom, they put a board between the beds and s- some mattress there so that there was room for three of us to sleep. Okay. Instead of just two yeah. a mile away, they put something there and made a kind of a room for a third person. So me and Danny and Randy got, would sleep there, and and uh, and so uh, so we were always, and my mom would always, you know, we'd be going up north, and, and that was pretty much, you know, Dolores wasn't interested, and Jimmy was Jimmy and Jeannie were growing up, but they didn't care about going up north. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of time. It was me and Danny and Randy mm. and my mom. Yeah. And uh, and Leo. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, but I think she did a lot of that, you know, because... You see that now as an expression of her love yes. for you, for yes. sure. Um, and then, too, I think as she got to know Leo, um, I see it in a lot of ways as God's provision, too, not having a dad and uh, for a lot of my life. And, uh, and I never... And I got to say that I never, uh, kind of getting back to Leo, I didn't accept him as my dad, but he was a male figure. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he had some issues, but he wasn't a bad male figure. Mm-hmm. He was a responsible man. I think he was, you know, uh, I think he was a pretty morally sound man. Um, you know, he wasn't... He wasn't uh, call him a solid Christian, but I mean, he had, he had good morals. Well, generally, he had good morals, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, uh, and he was, and I think he tried to be a father to us as best he knew how. Mm-hmm. But for him, his, his personality was always a lot of uh, correcting, mm-hmm. you know, telling you what you did wrong. Yeah. A lot of times. And, uh, so a lot of times I didn't I didn't relate well to that. Sometimes it's just like, you know, instead of gently explaining something that well you sh- shouldn't do it this way, for him it was more like, you know, that's no way to do that, and this is you know, and or or you know what whatever you were doing maybe it wasn't like, no you shouldn't do it you know why are you doing it. Was because it kind of felt like I was being yelled at all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think he meant to right. necessarily. That was the only way. I suspect I don't know, but I suspect that's probably the kind of father he had. Mm-hmm. They would just tell you what you were doing wrong all the time. Because he didn't have any kids of his own, did he? No, he was married once, and that marriage didn't work, and he had never any kids of his own. So we were the only kids he ever had. Really, mm-hmm. and especially me and Danny and Randy, I think, because he had the most time with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if this is a separate story of. Yeah, we will talk more Leo. about Leo in a different. But Leo was my was my mom's boyfriend. Not too long after my dad died, mm-hmm. probably after a year. Let's see. I would say that I would say that first summer after my dad died in February. I think that first summer. He wasn't my mom's boyfriend, but I think my mom probably had met him before the end of that summer, maybe. Up north, right? Yeah, and probably by, probably within a year's time, they they were uh, regular dating and considered boyfriend-girlfriend. Sure. And, and I, I think my mom says it in her story, but I'll mention it here, too. I think she had some, you know thinking like, well, I'm a woman with still six kids. What man's going to want that? Mm-hmm. And yet any woman's going to feel the loss of just even not having a man around. You'd love to have a man mm-hmm. to help you and to do the things that men do. And and so I'm sure there's always that desire to want to. It would be great if some nice man would come along. Yeah. But realistically, what are the odds of that? Yeah. And so... Uh, Leo was 20 years, almost 20, maybe 19 years older than my mom. 
but very, very uh, healthy guy. And he could do, I would say, I would say he seemed probably 10 years younger easily by the things, the energy that he had and the ambition. Leo was, Leo was a very ambitious man, and my mom was a very ambitious woman. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's one of the things I wish I had more from her that I mm. don't have. Mm. I'm not highly motivated and ambitious, kind of naturally ambitious, but my mom was like, uh, you know, high energy, ambitious. Mm-hmm. And so was Leo. But anyway, um, so that was all, I think, a scenario for, for my mom that filled a need that she had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it and I think it, it did well for us kids. Yeah. And I, I guess I'd like to say, and maybe I'll repeat it later if I go on with a story about Leo, but uh, later on in my teenage years, I realized that since my dad had passed away, nobody was more a dad to me than mm. Leo was. Sure. And when I got a little older and mature, well, I was married by then, probably even living here. I think I remember sitting in a chair upstairs in this house. So that would have been post-1980. post So I was in my late 20s, early 30s, probably early 30s, and I asked Leo... I asked my mom, do you think it'd be all right if I asked Leo if I could call him dad? Because I never called him dad before. Mm. I always called him Leo. And in my teenage years, I didn't accept him as my father. One one day he was bossing me around quite a bit. And I think I was doing some talking back to him. And I remember in the garage in Deep Pier. And I remember he he grabbed me by the back of the neck. Kind of like the... The teacher. The story I had about the teacher. Yeah. Earlier. He grabbed me by the back of the neck. And uh, I remember, I don't know how old I was. Might have been early teens. And I wasn't going to hit him or punch him or anything, but he grabbed me by the neck and was squeezing. And I was, I remember, I didn't have long fingernails, but they weren't short either. They were, they were very, they could scratch really good. And I, I was so mad at him doing it, I just reached behind and I just scratched the back. I'm sure I made it bleed. And uh, But he didn't do anything to me. He might have made a comment, but he didn't. And I and I remember turning around at him and saying, you're not my dad. Mm. You know, I just thought he was being way too bossy with me and telling me what to do like he was my dad. And I turned around and said, you're not my dad. Yeah. And <clears throat> he couldn't argue. He wasn't my dad. He wasn't even married to my mom. Mm-hmm. So he backed off. And, uh, but I think I was disrespectful too. Hmm. But like I said, later on in years, and as the Lord kind of worked on my heart too, and reflected on all the good things he did do for the family hmm. and, and, and being there for my mom, he was yeah. always there for my mom. Yeah. And I thought, you know, no one spent more, even though he didn't marry my mom until I got married. Yeah. I think it was the same summer. Yeah. But after I married your mother, they went off and finally got married too, because we were growing up by then. Mm-hmm. My mom, I should tell this, that my mom, Leo, I think, wanted to get married way before that. But my mom knew that's not going to work. It is, it will, she knew enough about Leo and the dynamics of all of the, her, her own family that to bring him in as the father of this home is never going to work. Yeah. And I think she was right. Yeah. I, mean, I think 
you know, once once you're married and then you're the head of the house, see, my mom wouldn't be the head of the house technically, I guess. Or you, you got that dynamic where once you're married, now there's a whole lot more authority comes with that than if you're not married. And yeah. I think my mom knew if he had that much authority in our house, that was never going to work. Yeah. And anyway, but once we were grown up, mm-hmm. and which when I got married, so what, I was 21, Randy was, take take about three years off of that, Randy would have been like 18. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you're a man, pretty much a man by 18. It's not like you're... So then I think my mom knew it was okay to get married. Yeah. And they did. Mm-hmm. So they eventually got married. But anyway, like I said, I did I finish my story that I, I talked to my mom back in the early 80s there and I was talking to my mom on the, she was up north and I said mom do you think do you think I said I was thinking about Leo and you, uh, and nobody nobody's been more of a dad to me than Leo mm-hmm. since my own dad passed away and he's always been there for the family and mm-hmm. um, do you think he'd mind if I started calling him dad mm. and uh and then uh, she said, I think you would really like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think, usually I didn't talk to Leo when I called. I was usually just talk to my mom. <clears throat> I probably didn't call my mom as often as I should. But I called her. Anyway, I, I tried to be somewhat regular in calling. Anyway, I called. Anyway, I talked to him and I I said, uh, I, I said to Leo, it wasn't face-to-face, but it was over the phone. Yeah. Uh, might have been harder face to face. Yeah. For maybe harder for Leo because. Well, let me finish the story. So I did talk to him on the phone, and I said, and I said, uh, uh, I basically said those things to him. Nobody's been more of a father to me than you, and I was wondering if it would be all right if I could call you dad. And. I, I don't remember exactly what he said or how he said it, or if, even if I could tell over the phone. But I think my mom told me later he choked up. Aww. Yeah. He said, yeah, sure, that would be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like that. You know, he probably, something like that. Yeah. But my mom told me later that he choked up. Yeah. And uh, and that is was unusual, especially, especially for men of that era. Oh, sure. And, uh, and even... Later on, I remember the Lord putting on my heart, um, to, like when we'd go up north and then we'd leave, I'd always hug my mom, but I felt like the Lord said, why don't you hug Leo? Mm-hmm. So, I, I, it was the leading of the Holy Spirit. I was feeling it in my spirit, and I'm sure it was the Lord mm-hmm. prompting me. I, I, I'm sure it was, and I thought, yeah, I should do that. And uh, so I I think probably one time when we left, and it was probably the time you and Steve were with us, one of those times, you know. Mm-hmm. And I uh, hugged my mom, and I think I asked Leo, uh, can I give you a hug? And I think he was a little standoffish at first. He didn't say anything, but he, I think it kind of surprised him. And like, yeah. And he wasn't used to hugging a man anyway. Yeah. And we had never hugged in our life. Yeah. You know, I'd never give him a hug. Yeah. And uh, so I did. Yeah. And he did. And it wasn't like a 
it was our first time, just a quick hug. Yeah. But then it was always, that's what we did. Oh. We always hugged, hugged goodbye. Yeah. And I think, I think he welcomed that. Yeah. As best as I could tell. Yeah. That's a, that's really neat. And I think, you know, that is a, that is part of your mom's story is, you know, Leo was a big part of her life and I'm sure that meant a lot to your mom. Yeah. To see that relationship of, you know, that you had with Leo. I'm sure that meant the world to your mom. Yeah, I can tell a good mom Leo story. Yeah. Um, this is a great story. Um, and especially since I prefaced it with kind of how Leo was and his nature. Uh, but this is, by this time we were going up north and we'd usually be, go stay at his house. By okay. This, by this time. Now, would this be the house that me and some of my brothers know yes. from Crooked on Crooked Lake, the yes. blue house? Yes. Okay. That house, Crooked Lake house there. And, yeah. And uh, we still had the place on Crooked Lake. And, and Leo, and we had that trailer, but Leo, you know, my mom was always, I don't know how much of it was Leo's input or my mom's input or a combination of the two, but Leo was a very good carpenter. And he was a pretty good, pretty good job. He could even do a little electrical work. Not a lot. Yeah. But he could do a little of that. And very handy. Uh, I mean, he could he could frame up a house. And he could do the finishing work, too. Mm -hmm. he, was, he was very, very talented. Very good. Uh, anyway, so that added a, he added a kind of a, First, a kind of a porch. I don't know what you'd call it. Just some boards out there. Next thing you know, there was a roof on it. Next thing you know, it was, it was made into a room. I don't know if he intended that originally or not. But he basically added a room onto that trailer, and it was like having a whole living room. Hmm. And having a nice living room to walk, walking out of the trailer into a living room. Yeah. And uh, we still owned that at that time. I don't know if we had that room on there at this time or not. Yeah. I'm getting into the story. So anyway, we still had that, that green, that was on Green Lake, but Leo was on Crooked Lake. Green Lake is, is not far from Bagley Rapids. You kids probably have seen Green Lake already. Yeah. Just a little lake. Um, so, but this particular, I think it was winter, whenever it was, I don't know. But the intentions were just, because it was so much nicer at Leo's. I mean, it was a house. And, you know, and he had, you know, a place, there's a place to swim and there's a place to, uh, and you can go fishing. And, you know, most of the time we spent at Leo's anyway, even when we still had the Green Lake Cottage. Yeah. But usually we always slept at the cottage. But I think there were a few times then when we, we started to, um, sometimes sleep at Leo's. And I think my mom, now there were times, there were some times my mom went up north alone. Mm -hmm. They were the only ones there, so whatever. They would stay in the house together. Whatever they did was their business, I don't know. <clears throat> but um, most of the time us kids were along, and I don't think my mom ever slept with Leo if our kids were, if we were up there with her. Yeah. They would always sleep separately. Whether they did when we were gone, I don't know. I won't ask. <laughs> um, so we went out. We were going. We were going up there. Danny and Randy and me and Mom. And I don't remember. 
Okay, I don't remember if it was summer. I don't think it was the dead of winter, though. So it had to be warm enough weather to still go and stay at the Green Lake place because the intentions were to stay at Leo's. But we were we got up there, we started unloading the car, and we were bringing stuff into the house. And Leo, I think there's a part of two. Leo's a bachelor. He's lived alone all his life, so he's used to being alone and having peace and quiet and doing whatever. Everything's in order all yeah. the time. So when we arrive, it brings a lot of chaos with it. And so he must have been a little on edge this particular night for who knows what reason. But he just started railing on us about whatever. I don't know. We were just bringing stuff in, but whatever we were doing, if we weren't putting it in the right place or this or that, or I, you know, I don't even remember what the details were, but one way or the other, he could see a whole lot of things that weren't right about what us kids were doing. Yeah. And and I maybe, you know, I might have said, you know, I might have said, had some little back talk. I don't think I swore at him or anything, or I wouldn't do that. But, you know, I'm sure I wasn't very receptive mm-hmm. to what he was saying, and then, of course, that would stir him up a little more. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, usually my mom would, just tell us kids, oh, he doesn't mean anything by that. Uh, oh, just let it go over your head. You know, yeah. she'd try to keep things calm from our perspective. Yeah. <clears throat> but this particular time, it got under her skin that, that he was, I mean, we had only just gotten up there bringing the stuff in. And I think she started yelling at him. And they got into a pretty good argument. And my mom said, take Put the stuff back in the car. We're going. Over, we're going to go to Green Lake. And then I think Leo tried to talk her out of it. She said, "No, we're not." She was mad, and she wasn't going to cool down. Yeah. And uh, I think she really wanted to just really drive it home. Yeah. You don't need to be just railing on my kids. Yeah. They're not even. They're not even here and unpack the car yet, and you're railing on them. Yeah. About this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. So we packed up the car, and we drove. This is nighttime, but early evening. We drove over to Green Lake, and uh, we stayed at that little cottage that we had on Green Lake. And and if it... I don't know if it was, it doesn't matter if it was cold or not. I remember Leo taught me how I could make that furnace work and stuff. So I knew Mm. enough to be able to keep us warm and cozy if it was cold. I don't even remember. All I know is we went to the Green Lake and that's where we were staying. Yeah. And it wasn't too long. I think it was yet that night. I don't, I could be wrong. I don't remember if it was yet that night or first thing in the morning, Leo was there. Yeah. And I'm sure he was falling all over her, apologizing and yeah. saying he would try not to do that and whatever. So yeah, they patched they patched things up for sure by the next day. Yeah, and I think we probably did end up going back over to Crooked Lake maybe wow. that day. So I just remember <laughs> the the big fight they had and my mom yeah. standing her ground for us kids this time. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was, it was kind of.